Welcome to the Dream Job System, the only podcast that provides proven tangible strategies to help you land a job you love without traditional experience and without applying online. Get ready to level up your job search with your host, Austin Belsack. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dream Job System podcast. I'm your host, Austin Belsack. And in this episode, we're going to talk about why it's important for you to realize that something that's easy for you is also easy for your competition. Now, we're going to talk about this in the context of the job search because that's what we do. But this also applies across the board. It applies to the work that you do after you get the job internally at a company. It also applies to entrepreneurs out there who are building their businesses. It applies to content creators. It applies to basically anything else that you have a goal of achieving. So let's dive in deeper here. What exactly am I talking about? Well, basically, what I see with most job seekers is that they take the path of least resistance. And in many cases, they don't think that they're doing that. And the reason they don't think that they're doing it is because they don't take a step back to really reflect on what they're doing versus what the competition is doing. So for example, people hate writing cover letters. So what do they do? They go to Google and they run a search for cover letter template or you know job winning cover letter template or something like that. And when you do a Google search, the data shows that you're basically going to click one of the top three links or maybe one of the top five links if you can't find what you're looking for. But most of those clicks, 70% of clicks on Google go to the first three results. So you're going to click on those just like everybody else, 70% of other people. You're going to see the cover letter examples on there. You're going to look at one, you're going to lift it, and you're going to just try to rework it slightly for your situation. But the problem with that is all the numbers that I just mentioned, most everybody else is doing the same thing. They also hate writing cover letters. They want a quick and easy way to write something that is good enough to get by. So they go to Google, they run the same search, they click on the same articles, and they likely lift the same template. So that's one example for cover letters. But then let's talk about networking. Most people don't love networking. It's a little bit outside of their comfort zone. So what do they do? They sit down and they say, okay, I have to network because Austin and all these other people are telling me to do it, but this is uncomfortable. So let me just reach out to this person and let me just say something along the lines of, hey, so-and-so, you know, you work at this company and I was really impressed by your experience. I'd love to pick your brain for 30 minutes if you're up for it. And now that person is getting dozens and dozens of emails from people just like you saying the exact same thing. But even if we take it a step further, even if we do a little bit of brainstorming, we try to think of ways that we could add value, we're still likely thinking of ways that other people have already come up with because we're not really challenging our brain to come up with new and innovative and creative ways to get on this person's radar. So we may offer to make like a mutually beneficial introduction, let's say, but a million other people have probably offered to do the same thing, or we may offer to pay for this person's coffee, right? But again, most other people are doing the same thing. So we're not really standing out there either. And to really drive the point home, I just want to use one more example in the interview process where most candidates, when they do their preparation, they focus on their background. They try to think about the stuff that they've done. They come up with stories about the stuff that they've done. They show up in the interview and they talk about stuff that they've done. But again, every single candidate is doing that. And when we think about what companies really want, they don't necessarily want a regurgitation of the person's experience. Instead, they have a goal that they're hiring for. They have a challenge that they are hiring somebody to come help solve, right? They have an initiative that they're hiring somebody to deliver. And what they care about are those things. So again, they don't care about your background per se. They care about your ability to come in and help them achieve that goal, help them overcome that challenge, help them roll out that initiative successfully. And so 
the key here isn't to be the best person at regurgitating their background, but instead to be the person who shows the company that you understand that goal or that challenge or that initiative, and that you have ideas for how to help them solve or attain those things, and that your background is supporting evidence. But again, most job seekers are just regurgitating their own background, their own experience. And even if they have really polished stories, they're only getting 50% of the way there. And that's what everybody else is doing. So why share these examples? Well, I share these examples because if you're getting frustrated in your job search, it's likely because in most cases, you are doing the exact same things that your competition is doing. And the reason that we do those things is because one, we may not necessarily know better or we think we don't know better, but really what it comes down to is we just haven't sat down and thought through each of these actions enough. And the second reason that we do those things is because the job search is hard, it is grueling, it is frustrating. And so to sit down and go the extra mile, to put in even more work when it feels like nothing that we're doing is working so far is really, really hard. So I'm here to push back on both of those things. And the first step that I want you to take, the place that I want you to start is every single time you're going to do something substantial in the job search that is repeatable and scalable. So for example, if you are going to send a networking email, you're not just going to send one networking email in your job search. You are going to send dozens of them or hundreds of them. You are also not just going to write one resume, right? You are not going to go on one interview. So these types of things, these types of actions that are going to happen multiple times that are going to be repeatable, Every time you go into one of those, I want you to take a bit of time. I want you to take 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour to sit down and think about your process and then ask yourself, what is my competition doing? What are other people doing here? And what that's going to help you do is understand what the competition is doing and how that overlaps with what you're doing. And I think what you'll find at the very beginning is that most of what you're doing fully overlaps with what the competition is doing. Maybe there are a couple of things that you're doing differently or better or whatever it is, but for the most part, there's going to be 90% overlap. And that's actually a good thing at the start because that means you realize that you need to do something different. You need to find a different approach. The second step that I want you to take after that is thinking about what the other party cares about. So when I say other party, I mean the company that you're applying to a job for or the person that you're trying to network with. The person on the other side of the table, what do they think? What do they care about? And so, for example, with networking, the person that you are trying to connect with doesn't really care about the fact that you need a job. Instead, they care about themselves. They care about their goals. They care about the things they're struggling with. They care about their family and their career trajectory. And when you apply for a company, like I said earlier, the company doesn't necessarily care about your background and your experience outside of what that means for your ability to help them achieve that goal or help them overcome that challenge. And so that is what we need to focus on. We need to put ourselves in the shoes of the other party, and then we need to build our deliverable based on that information. So it's not what everybody else is doing. It's also not what we think is best. It's what we think is in the best interest of the other party. That is so, so key. And then the third step is you just need to go execute. And typically executing on these things takes more time, right? It already takes more time to sit down and think through this stuff, to take that pause and reflect. It takes time to understand what the other party is thinking. And then the thing that takes the most time is actually building out your deliverable to match up with both of those things. But this is where you're going to start seeing that traction. This is where you're going to start separating yourself from other job seekers. Because again, 
the vast majority of job seekers out there, they are all doing the same stuff. They're running on the hamster wheel. They're wondering why it's not working and they're not doing any of this reflection. And the reason why it's not working for them is because they are doing the easy stuff that is also easy for their competition. So if you want to stand out in the job search, if you want to land jobs that align with your values and that pay you what you're worth, you need to do more than easy. You need to do more than what your competition is doing. And if you follow the steps in this podcast episode, you are going to be well on your way to doing that. And that is going to lead you to a lot of job search success. So that's it for today. Thank you as always for listening. And I will see you in the next episode of the podcast. 